All right. Well, welcome back, audience, to another exciting edition of Meditations on Mastery. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited to have Dr. Gold and Dr. Gold with me today. <laughs> uh, they are both black belt leadership training students at Karamagai Martial Arts, but they're also both doctors. And uh, Dr. Gold is a medical doctor and a, and a, and a holistic specialist. And, and Dr. Professor Gold uh, teaches uh, leadership and business at St. Leo University. And um, I'd like to, to, first of all, thank you both for making the time uh, for this okay. um, because we are so excited and honored to have you on the Black Belt Leadership Journey with us. And um, I'd like to start by maybe each of you speaking a little bit to your specific specialties and, and, and what you do when you're not training in Krav Maga Martial Arts. Of course, ladies first. Oh, thank you. And first, uh, thank you, Grandmaster C, for having me here. Um, Krav Maga has definitely changed our lives. We uh, feel like we're excelling not only getting physically strong, but mentally strong and more confident. And I'm literally feeling more focused in my day-to-day -day agendas too. So I, I thank you for that. And Prov Camp rocked. It was awesome. So I just wanted to thank you for You're a camp. Exactly. It was just so enlightening. And I look forward to becoming a black belt. So yay. Yeah. Um, so I am a medical doctor and holistic medical doctor. For me, the transformation began when I got sick several years back. And it was life, it, my husband can attest to this. I was basically had severe arthritis in my neck. I woke up screaming almost every night. My doctor said I was one car accident away from paralysis, um, had um, severe herniations. So literally um, it was um, compressing the, the kind of soft area between the bones. We're pushing out those discs. We're actually touching that spinal cord. And they basically said, if I don't get surgery, you know, I could be paralyzed. And I really, I wanted obviously to feel better, but I knew long-term, I read all the side effects and I've met people who got the surgery sometimes got better, but sometimes didn't. And then they said, because we're fusing your neck, the area above and below the area have to work harder. So you're, because I was in my thirties, you're probably going to need more surgeries down the road because this can last only so long. So then I was literally looking to get over time, my whole spine just, you know, fused and I could barely, and I was, I'm a yoga teacher. So I was like, I want to actually move. And also what's causing it? Was it lack of surgery that actually caused this? And of course they said, you know, we're not sure, but, and I thought maybe because as a medical student, I put a lot of books in my pockets. This is old school before cell phones <laughs> and who knows, but I just, I had, you know, I knew I needed to kind of get to the root cause and get well. So thankfully I prayed to God. I did a lot of soul searching. My husband was amazingly supportive and I um, did some, a lot of physical therapy, laughter yoga was, and this is the premise for my book seven. Ah, it comes in. <laughs> That's okay. I need a green screen, but anyway, it's seven habits of extremely happy people but it, it taught me to laugh through the pain because when I took so many narcotics, I couldn't think straight and I, it was hard to function. And my doctor said, don't worry, well, we can help you with the disability forms, but I didn't want to be disabled. I wanted to work. I wanted to be active part of community. I wanted to give like you teach us in Krav Maga. It's not what you get in life. It's what you give. And for me, getting patients well, long-term treating the root cause. So we actually keep them out of the office you know, healthy nutrition, mindset, good, strong, physical body. That was the elements to uh, make you well. I knew I had, a, had to add that to my regimen. So I couldn't exercise because I was just on all these steroids, but I could laugh. And that really made a huge 
difference. I could watch what I was eating because honestly, my with all the steroids, they made me want to eat more than my husband and my pants ripped. My pa patients congratulated me, Mazel Tov, how far along are you? And I was like, ah. So thankfully, thankfully, fast forward, I'm much better. Neck is returning to a normal neck with chiropractic care, obviously strength training with through Krav Maga, I also power lift. And we have a trainer, but I, in a lot of stretching, I do yoga, which has been lo lovely. And I laugh a lot. <laughs> so that's helped. And, 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 and a little bit about what your, your business, what you actually oh, do. Now is. Yeah. So I'm, uh, my office is Dr. Gold's Optimal Living Institute. We've been open since 2006. Um, our goal is to get, again, patients well. So we do traditional bread and butter medicine as well as holistic medicine. Many patients seek us out from all over and we do telemedicine so we can actually see patients from anywhere. And okay. the great part is um, we actually treat that root cause. So we do functional medicine. So if a patient is having gut issues, instead of just prescribing medicines, which they may need and I can prescribe them, we also search for why their gut is sick. So we right. treat that. And if they have headaches, why are they having the headaches or not sleeping? So yeah. once we get to that root cause, a lot of times they feel better. It could be hormonal imbalances, nutritional deficiencies. Um, even there are also early cancer markers you can check for like breast cancer in particular. It's, yeah. it's wonderful to really help somebody and then give them their life back so they feel better and get them out of pain too. That's outstanding. Not just treating the symptom, but actually getting to the cause. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Professor Gold, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at uh, St. Leo? Um, first off, I, I've got to echo what, what my lovely wife just said. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this community. I'm so happy that you invited us to be a part of your podcast. Uh, this picture behind me is what we did on Saturday. Uh, Krav Camp, it kicked my butt. It laid me out. But I learned so much. And it was it was a great experience. And and I've got to say that you, you've built an incredible community here. Um, as you noted in camp, it's a community of good people. Um, and you don't find that very often. It's, it's a very unique community because there's always people that are, they just like to rub other people and, and you know, they, they don't like, to, I don't know, they, you, you think about kind of the fly in the ointment or the, you know, the black sheep of the family type of a situation. And with all the people that I've met in your community, I can't say you have any of that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. fabulous. They're just, it's just a bunch of really good people. And I think that's a big part of it is that they're, they're just genuine. They're, they're genuinely nice people. Mm -hmm. We're all there for the same reason. That's to learn to grow and develop and become better. Yes, yeah. I, I'm just, to be a part of it. Yeah, and I want to echo the kids. I honestly have never met such well-behaved and they're not drugs. I was like, are they drugs? <laughs> or like, is there like something that they do in the water or something they give? But no, they're just good kids and loving and caring and helpful and just kind. It's like, it's amazing. They're, so they're thank tough. You, for all this. you got some tough kids in there. They are. And they're mm -hmm. tough. Yeah. So, very spirited in a good way. Great. And so um, a little bit about me, I'm, I'm a PhD in business. I got my doctorate at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, my undergraduate degree is in finance from the Ohio State University. So I always have fun when football season rolls around. Um, basketball season was, was interesting this year. My, my Tar Heels didn't do too well, but my Buckeyes did all right. Um, they fell flat on their face in the tournament. <laughs> they, did, they got bounced by a number 15 seed, which is only, I think, the fifth or sixth time that's ever happened in the tournament, uh, where a number 15 has beaten number two seed. But enough of that. Um, I, my, my area of focus, I, I've got a number of different areas. I, I'm 
classically trained in finance. I, I spent time on Wall Street, spent time in London's financial district. So I, I understand the numbers aspect of it. I've also been working on computers since I was a kid, days of the Apple II Plus, Timex Sinclair 1000, things like that, the stuff that you grew up on, right? The young Commodore 64 computers. And so, you know, I've got that technical perspective as well, but I really focus on strategy and innovation now and how all that comes together. My doctorate was in strategy and innovation. I've been teaching courses for, it's hard to believe, been 15, 16 years now, in a combination of topics related to leadership, strategy, innovation management. Um, I do a lot of work in professional development, drawing on a lot of experts like Tony Robbins and, and Scott Dinsmore and, and Zig Ziglar and things like that, because I firmly believe that you know, and you, as you've said this before, you, you and I, it's so funny because when you, you use quotes in our leadership class, and it's the same quote that I use in my class. <laughs> I'm just thinking that too, how Great minds think alike, right? But it's, you know, life is really, it's 10% of what happens and 90% of how you deal with it. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I, I take it upon myself and, and it's St. Leo, I've been there for eight years. Now I'm mostly dealing with the graduate students, MBA and doctoral students. And I take it upon myself to, I teach an early class in their program. In other words, I teach the very first MBA class and the second doctoral class. And I teach them a lot of mental skills that will help them to deal with the challenges of graduate school. And I've put together a book, it's, I call it Emotional Dexterity, Finding and Controlling Your Emotional Light Switch. And it's kind of what I see as the second level of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is very reactive in nature. Okay, you're feeling a certain way, I'm feeling a certain way, let's see if I can figure out how to have better interactions with you, more productive interactions, based on my assessment of how I'm feeling and how you're feeling, right? But it doesn't go into how you can actively create your desired emotional state, how you can change things, why you're predisposed to feeling certain emotions in certain situations. So my approach delves pretty deeply into all of that. We talk about, you know, the first thing is understanding why you have certain emotions and why you're predisposed to feeling certain emotions in certain situations. So we talk about things like beliefs and values and, and things like that. And then we get into some techniques that is, it's a simplification of emotional intelligence, um, the techniques and how to handle those things. And then as I had introduced in, in Krav Maga leadership, the seven C's, which I believe are the mindset of optimal performance. I think it's, if you really firmly believe in these, that you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to, nothing can hold you back. So that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, I, I work extensively with my doctoral students. I've, I've done a lot of trainings in companies. I've given a lot of talks um, literally all over the world on these topics. I've worked with local companies. I've worked with a number of different teams, athletic teams at St. Leo, yeah. on some of these concepts and how to improve, how to take what I talk about and how you use that to leverage your performance on the athletic field. So I've worked with our tennis team, the women's basketball team, softball, baseball, things like that, the men's and women's lacrosse teams. Um, so I've worked with a variety of different teams up there over the years on some of these principles. And it's as I've gone through this leadership with you and, and started to get involved with leadership, a lot of the things that we talk about are very similar. Uh, it's, it's amazing how, like I said earlier, you know, great minds think alike and <laughs> about a lot of the same things that I talk about and that I teach in my courses. That's exactly what was resonating for me as you were speaking, uh, you know, and, uh, and I want to come back to letting you share with everybody about your seven C's and, and but, but before that, um, you know, it, it's interesting to me because normally I use the physical aspects of what we do in mm -hmm. our martial arts program. Mm -hmm. And then I use those physical aspects as an analogy mm -hmm. to leadership in, in the world, right? Like to, to applying it to leadership, as you know. 
Um, well, the interesting thing when I was listening to you talk about the emotional response thing is that I could almost do it in exactly the opposite way from that one because, mm -hmm. because you know, it's uh, it, one of the things that ends up happening, of course, as a student on the way to black belt is that they totally learn to control their emotional response as pertains to fear, mm -hmm. as pertains to, you know, mm -hmm. like, like a, a story I was just telling because we had the black belt test this weekend was mm -hmm. that. I don't let a beginning student watch a black belt test because at that time it would be scary to them <laughs> because they're not the person prepared for that test. Right. Right. By the time they take the test, they've been to sufficient stress drills and sufficient physical and mental training that now they are prepared to deal in a productive way to the emotional stress that comes from fear mm. when confronted with violence in, in this mm -hmm. specific. And it's kind of neat because it's a it's the opposite of normal. It's a it's a physical example of what it is that you teach. Yep. You know. Uh, so. That's kind of neat. So would you like to share with the audience um, what the seven C's are? Sure. So what I've put together is, is an approach that it starts with the foundational four. Um, these, by definition, if you, and, and when I talk about by definition, you have to really ingrain these as a belief structure in yourself and in your psyche and your mindset. But by definition, if you believe in these four and you really embrace them, you'll accomplish all the goals that you say, set to accomplish. The, the next three are what I call the transformational three. And those are ones that really set you apart, get you to push the edge, not settle for kind of just the status quo and, and really get you to learn and grow. So the first one is choice. And, and what happens with choice is that if you think about emotions and, and choice is kind of setting that underlying emotional baseline. If you feel like you're being forced and manipulated into something, you're starting it in a bad place. But if you say, I have to, that implies that you don't want to do it, right? right? That somebody else is in control. So by realizing that you have the choice in every single thing that you do, it's freeing. It puts you in a better emotional state to start with. So another example is just that we talked about that simple word choice, but it really is things just like getting out of bed and going to work. I, I say, you know, I tell people, you don't have to go to work and say, oh yeah, I do. If I don't go to work, <laughs> this is going to happen. I say, no, but you know, you're missing the point. It's a mindset. Right, right. If you feel like you have to go to work, you're already setting yourself up in a bad place. You choose to go to work. You choose to go to school. You choose to go to class. Because if you don't, you know what the outcomes are associated with the other action, right? I'm not going to say consequences or punishment or anything like that. It's just an outcome. Right. So you, it, it's a combination of, of weighing that decision based on your knowledge of the outcomes, depending on which path you choose to go down. So just being in the position of choosing right. puts you in a great place emotionally. Absolutely. The second one is commitment. And the, it's real simple. If you can't do it, don't commit. Mm -hmm. If you commit, make sure you find a way and get it yeah, done, period. End of story, no ifs, ands, buts, no excuses. So when it comes to commitment, this is where you have to also be realistic. I could commit to being a, being a star wide receiver for the Buccaneers here, but it's not going to happen. It's not realistic, right? I choose to, I commit to, but you know, it's, it's got to be within the realm of reality, yeah. right? That's not realistic. It's not realistic for me to go play in the NBA or you know, <laughs> professional sports league or what have you. I'm slow. I'm short. You know, it's, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work very well. So that, that commitment though is what gets you to pursue, right? It's when you're a, Things in life don't come easy. The best things in life don't come easy. So when you hit that roadblock, how do you get through it? It's that commitment, right? It's, it's that commitment that keeps driving you. Um, the third one is capability. 
you got to believe that you can do this. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe that you have the capability to do what you're, and all these kind of work in unison. You'll see me using the same terms and the terms interchangeably in sentences describing the other ones because they all work together, right? You've got to believe you have the capability to do what you committed to do. Absolutely. That's all it is. If you don't believe in the fact that you have the capability, you're going to undermine yourself. Henry Ford, quote you use as well. Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And it, it truly is about that belief structure, right? If you don't think you're going to do it, you're going to find ways to not get it done. So you got to believe you have that capability. You got to commit to that course of action. Now that said, if something's not going the right way and you need to do something a little different, you've got to be changed. You got to be willing to change. You've got to embrace change. You've got to look forward to change. And again, you got to believe you have the capability to change. A lot of people think they're stuck in their ways and they can't change, right? You've got to commit to changing. Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. If you're not getting the result, using that same approach isn't going to change the outcome. Mm -hmm. So you've got to change the approach, but you've got to believe that you can change. You've got to choose to change. So you see all those work hand in hand. And by definition, you choose something realistic, you commit to it, you believe you have the capability. And if you're not moving your way along towards that goal, you make a change so you can progress. By definition, you will complete any task that you commit to, anything that you set your goal to, anything you set your mind to, you will complete it. Now, those are the fundamental four. The next three are the transformational three. First one is challenge, right? That's get pushing yourself. That's pushing yourself to grow and learn, right? That's going beyond. It's not just accepting the status quo. It's okay, I wanna do something more. The next one is what you've talked about as well. And I keep saying what you've talked about because we have very similar, similar ideologies here. It's that concept of continuous learning. Either you grow or you die. So if you're not growing, you're stagnating. So you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep pushing. And that comes in, that goes hand in hand with challenging. If you're trying to attack something new or challenge yourself or push yourself into an area that you're not familiar with, you got to learn about it, right? Whether it be going out, reading a book, um, looking at a podcast, looking up an expert, you know, looking for a mentor or something like that, somebody whose behavior you want to model. Any of those approaches work, but you've got to learn if you want to challenge yourself. And then the fin- final one is courage. And this, along with that commitment, is what gets you through the hard times. I talk to people who are runners all the time. They hit anywhere between 19, mile 19 and mile 23. They hit that wall. Mm-hmm. And it's, they physically feel it, right? But if you're a marathoner, it's 99% mental. You've trained, you've run marathons in practice multiple times, right? But you hit that wall and you just, you have to push. Once you push through it, you're fine. So you either give up or you keep going. And you've got to have that courage to keep going. It's so amazing to me. And I'm so, you know, we, and we did not talk or plan or anything before this. Like, I, you know, people listening probably don't realize that, but it's because like, I'm sitting here listening to talking and I'm having the same thing in the opposite direction. I'm like, wow, this is the journey to black belt. Like every, every part of it, right? Like, it's like, because first is that choice, you know, where we, where we talk about that, you know, like when we, when we, it's not when a student first signs up in the dojo because we put them in that basic course first. Mm-hmm. Once they decide they want to become a black belt, we we have them commit the second thing by yeah. going into the black belt leadership training program and saying, hey, I'm not I'm not going to quit until I become a black belt. Mm-hmm. We, along the way, as we're taking them through the ranks, of course, we are actually giving them 
the belief in their capability mm -hmm. because they're doing yeah. slightly, slightly progressively harder things and they're getting more and more confidence. You know, one of our supervisors mm -hmm. confidence in the, and then, you know, and then of course the changes is, is, is different for everybody. I right. think on the process, like, like I often say that one of the magic of the system is that we take the kid that has no confidence. He's very, very shy and we give him confidence. Right. But on the other hand, you take the kid who's got lots of confidence, but no self-control and we give them that. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course the same thing with adults. I think we talk about the benefits that we do for kids more just because it's not offensive when you're talking about a kid. <laughs> but the reality is that all of us on this call know that we all have stuff we need to continue to work on, which, you know, and the challenge, obviously, right, on the way to the black belt, continuous learning, like the, the black belt principles that we teach here, the law of the process and constant never-ending improvement are all about that, right, all the way. To, to, mm -hmm. and, then, and then you talked about the, the courage you finished with, the black belt test. <laughs> I mean, it honestly, it, I, 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 you know, I kind of let it off that way by saying that most people that walk in the dojo couldn't even watch a black belt test without being afraid at the beginning. Right. Right. But by the time they take the black belt test, they're mentally and physically and spiritually prepared to have the courage to, to because look, everybody hits their breaking point and wants to quit. Mm -hmm. And I always say, it's about how you react to that when you get there that matters. And mm -hmm. so you know, it's, it's so wild. It's almost, the, the two are totally, totally yeah. uh, symbiotic, you know, our, I, our philosophies. If I, if I may also, I want to add that you make it so much fun because I, that was one thing that I noticed. I've been to other dojos and it's very different, but you actually say, I want us to have fun. And that's one thing you usually ask, you know, every class. At the end, every class. Yeah. Did, you have fun? Did, you have fun? Did you have fun? And it's just so great because Honestly, if you do enjoy the process, you're more likely to continue it. And it's just with anything, I obviously focus on health and getting people well, mentally, physically, spiritually in, and you do as well, and you do Drew as well. The idea is um, as a physician and medical doctor, we want their health, you know, organized so they can do the stuff that they want to live their life for, so they can achieve a black belt. I went to you next, Dr. Uh, Tanya Goat. I, I was actually, I had actually framed the, the question in my, my mind because your husband painted really, really well the mental side mm. of this as pertains to thing. I was thinking that then we could come to you. Oh, sure, sure. And you could speak to the physical side because oh. here's the other reality is not only does that black belt have to be able mentally and mm. spiritually, which we've really harped on so far. Right. But it's a physically grueling test, right? Mm. So, so, so if you were talking to my students, which you are <laughs> right mm. now, um, you know, you could give them some advice about the types of things to make sure that the body will be prepared to, to, and I know that you also do the mind because you're very much into the happiness stuff and all, mm -hmm. but, but specifically, if you could speak a little bit first to some of the, um, you know, nutritional and or exercise and or, you know, uh, holistic habits that, that, that you think, you know, should certainly be supplemental in our tool bags before we go mm -hmm. to become black belts. Yeah. And honestly, nutrition is paramount because Sometimes you do see people work out really well and then they go eat a candy bar. And, and I'm not saying you can never have a candy bar or ice cream. It's what we do on a regular basis that's key. Because I'll occasionally, my husband will attest this, just get the munchies and want some. <laughs> I think it was once in how many years I said, let's go for an ice cream run. And his eyes just bugged out. because I, <laughs> I think I, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You got to understand, this was like right as the pandemic took off last, it had to be in March or April. Very few things were open. It was early. It was eight o'clock at night, but all the stores were closing down at seven o'clock. So we actually wound up at Wawa of all places because <laughs> it was the only place that was open that we could find ice cream. That's outstanding. 
And you have to know, Drew was like, I'm so tired. I'm going to bed. But once I said, honey, do you want to get some ice cream? Boom. Let's go. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Getting in the car. Come ice on, honey, like Lord. Come on, honey. Five food groups, by the way. Huh? So, I said ice cream is one of my five food groups. Oh, yeah. He counts as the food. Now, it, he used to eat a half a gallon. Now, he's so much better. He'll literally, I, a half a gallon will last a few weeks. So, it's really good. He's I find it interesting that you went from the nutrition, though, um, it, when you said, when you said it was, he was getting tired, and but but then the ice cream he was excited, but you kind of led into probably another one of the most important things, right? It's a weakness of mine getting enough rest. Oh yeah. So so one of the things, if you want to be a black belt, you need to let the body heal, and the slow wave sleep is key because honestly, sometimes people medicate to get to bed, whether that's Benadryl or alcohol or just whatever they're taking, but you have to know the side effects of prescription medicines or other medications. Because remember, alcohol is a drug um, and even Benadryl, it can, even though it's over the counter, it can affect your sensorium, especially long-term, it can increase your risk for possible um, mental thought processes, um, including uh, dementia and stuff like that. So you wanna be mindful of taking this on a long-term basis. That includes Ambien and Xanax. And I know I'm probably like, People are like, all right, I'm going to tune out now. Once you said my drug, that's it. Forget it. But honestly, there are healthier substitutions and education can make a huge difference. So I do recommend a lot of healthier options that can work for folks. And then also getting to that root cause. But during sleep is when we replenish, when we actually heal. So if you had a hard day at Krav Maga and your muscles are aching and sore, they need to start to heal. You need to actually have that deep sleep. And you're not going to get sometimes those deep sleep with those medications just by themselves. You may get up and feel rested, but the slow, deep sleep, a lot of times comes from more natural solutions and then also treating the root cause. Cause if your hormones are out of sorts and you don't treat that, that can continue to fester. And then if literally you're living on very little sleep over time, you just poop out. So yeah, you might say, well, I'm just getting by. I'll just drink more coffee. But honestly, that's going to, you know, wear down where you're going to get build tolerance to the coffee. It's not going to work as well. And then long-term caffeine is not really good. It can cause arrhythmias, anxiety. And then again, your body is not repairing food. We know that's the building block. So how much protein you're getting. And if I just may backtrack for a moment at any age, you can build muscle at, there is a condition known as sarcopenia. It's at starting at age 30, you lose about three to 5% of your muscle mass every decade. It may not sound like much, but you know, when you're 40, oh, it's only 3%, 5%. But think about once you're 60, that's yeah. like 30% muscle is yeah. getting lost if you don't build it. Now it can slow down if you're exercising, building muscle. And that's why I highly recommend of all age groups to weight train or resistance, use a resistance band for training, or you can use body weight as well. But the actual long-term, slowly adding it appropriately, heavy weights, so good for the body. And we know obviously Krav Maga, it's a lot of physical muscle motion. In addition, it really strengthens. And if you decide I want to do Krav Maga and weight training, you can do both. Yeah, sure, yeah. The nice thing is they'll work together because you'll just get stronger. People are surprised and they're like, Oh my God, your punch is so strong, but it's because I deadlift. I literally was a weakling before. And my husband can attest to this. I, I mean, they're not huge right now, but I literally had no definition in my arms. So I had like literally spaghetti arms and this was built in the last decade because I got sick. I knew my neck, it wasn't due to lack of surgery that I had the herniation. It was due to a weak neck. So I just built up the strength 
and my shoulders got broader. My husband even comments, he's like, you're looking good. <laughs> but then the nice part is you can get sexier in your 60s and your 70s. You know, over 45 doesn't have to go downhill. And you can actually feel a lot stronger and healthier. And that's the greatest part because honestly, dedication, the mindset with a tone, healthy body and good nutrition. So good protein, it does vary on the amount because some people say, do I need my body weight in kilograms or do I need my body weight in actual pounds? It depends what you're doing. So I would specify that for each person. And it varies also if you have medical conditions. But protein is paramount to building the muscle. It's paramount to good health. So you do, and it steadies the sugars. So if your, your protein is all over the place, then that's not going to be helpful either. And you're, you're going to dip and you're going to get really hungry. And then oftentimes that's when we reach for either caffeine or sugar rush or something like that. And that can happen towards the evening, a few hours after dinner. And that's when we get the munchies and we, for folks that uh, I see a lot of patients, it really is a lot of times the evening time where they like say, I was doing well, you know, with my diet, which I actually don't believe in diet. Think of the first three letters right. in that word. Yeah. 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 Who wants to feel like they're dying, you know, right. but, but putting in a wholesome plan of real food. And then yes, if you want to do a little cheat here and there, as long as again, it's not going to have dire consequences. I had a patient say, I want to cheat, but they're diabetic. And if you're a brittle right. diabetic, which means you can't even tolerate little amounts of sugar that puts you in the hospital, then don't do it. It's not, it's not worth it. But there is Gymna, which is a supplement that can make sugar taste like really taste yucky. You know, it can make um, sugar not taste good. So then you're actually craving more healthier foods because you don't want that sugar because it, it makes a negative association. So you can do that. Um, as well. And then protein, the type of protein matters. So are you doing grass fed, hundred uh, percent grass fed meat? Are you doing organic local? Cause then you can actually know how the animals are treated. Cause if those hormones are high, they're in tight cages, they're, you know, eating their own feces. I'm sorry to get a little graphic, but if they don't see this sunshine, you know, at all, their cortisol is going to be really high. Well, you're eating, if you're eating them, you're going to eat those, those hormones are getting in your body. Yeah. We don't always sense that, but look at our society. Girls are getting their um, menses a lot earlier. They're developing a lot sooner. We know the hormones and the chicken of, you know, like our grandparents time is way different, you know, and they say, oh no, no, no. But look at the sizes. They're huge compared to what they used to be. And it is, it's a business. So we have to understand that as well but we can make healthier choices. And the nice part is the more people make healthier choices, guess what, guess what happens to the prices of healthy food? Mm. What do you think it goes up or goes down if more people buy it? Well, if the, if the demand also ends up, I mean, the demand definitely went up. So if well, the, that's if exactly, the, that's what's been happening. Go up as well, then yeah, that would be a good thing. Yeah, and yeah. I, honestly in Tampa, and you've probably been seeing this, but the health food stores, how many number of health food stores started to pop up now? When I was here is only like one or two and yeah. I've seen sprouts and stuff. So the nice part is I'm not like a, like everything has to be, you know, just one way or the other. I would love to see McDonald's just give healthier options too. And I know most people go there just for kind of the junk food, but why not pick gifts for folks who do want healthier options? And they started to do that. We've seen some McDonald's with veggie burgers. Chick-fil-A has the kale and broccoli. So, and if you educate kids early, a lot, my nieces, they're one is five years old. They love broccoli. My little niece is two. She loves it too. And but, certainly, mm -hmm. and certainly mm -hmm. keeping away from going to McDonald's all the time would be a, but I think that more of us like in this community, probably like you said, a couple things that, that we are guilty of. And, and we've just recently started making the better choices with the, yeah. 
the organic food and stuff like that. I, yeah. I'm definitely guilty of the consuming too much caffeine, but, <laughs> but but we don't go to a McDonald's ever. So you know, but but the yeah. uh, but you know, doctor. In in addition to nutrition and yeah. rest, um, if you had to pick just one or two other things that you think, you know, like hey, th- this is, you know. For sure, we're, you know, we're running out of time, kind of, but oh, sorry, if sorry. you had a couple more things that you wanted to say, these are for sure your people need to know what okay. they need. Yeah, so I wanted just going back, water 100%, make sure you uh, hydrate with electrolytes because honestly, if you just drink water and you don't have either the emergency powder in there or some electrolytes, and I uh, wouldn't do Gatorade just because it has all those FD, you know, the dyes. There's nothing red like that color or blue in, in normal in society. So really go ahead, you know, um, go ahead and think about what would be a good hydrator for your body. Coconut water is another one I recommend. And then the other part is mental stress. Right. So rec- um, recognize that we can practice because I have a lot of patients that literally they focus, they feed their stress every single day. They either watch the news all the time. Oh. Or they're literally talking about, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. Wow. Why own a disease? Now, if you want to be anxious, keep saying it, right? You know, I'm a black belt, I'm a black belt. That's awesome. Say that, you know, and I, you know, I'm continuously growing and changing and doing the seven C's. Awesome. But if you feed your mind something that's not healthy mentally too, what is that going to do to your body? And remember, your brain doesn't know a good or bad. It only knows what you tell it. So if you're constantly feeding it something that you don't want, it's going to go there. And it's okay to say, I'm in the process of training to feel amazing. I'm in the process of feeling relaxed and calm and then actually do the breathing. So in my book, I do actually talk about a simple process of just breathing in. You can breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, and then just slowly exhale for eight seconds and then just pause. And the breath guides you. So remember, as you know, confidence, you want to act happy to be happy. You want to act fearless to be fearless. You can act calm to be calm. So the breath uh, sends a signal to the brain that you're calm. And remember, you can't be sad when you're glad. Can't be sad when you're glad. So you just acting calm, happy, your body starts to go there. You feel better. And then guess what? We make better decisions. We're showing up more for practice. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing on a regular basis and life is good. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and again, the, the thing where it's so similar, I mean, right? Cause it's, it, that's that principle we talk about, you know, about focus, right? We get more mm-hmm. of what we focus on energy flows mm-hmm. where focus goes, yeah. you know, and, and you're so right. It's like, but there, but there are things that are easy, you know, like Jim Rohn used to say, remember Jim Rohn used to say, you know, uh, the things that are easy to do are also easy not to do, right? Exactly. So, so that's exactly. the real issue. I think most people understand, maybe, maybe, if not, hopefully we just, we, we just educated them, but, but then it's, it's being able to actually practice it. I think. I think so, so what I do is baby steps, honestly, I, and there's a, a whole movement called the Kaizen method where you literally just do something towards right. the goal. And I honestly, my friend taught me that. And when she first said, I thought she was off a rocker, but for growing my business, she said every day, just do something towards your business. It may be making a phone call. It may be doing a flyer. It may be creating something, you know, but just do something towards that goal. So for you, if you're deciding, you know, I want to lose a few pounds, maybe it's literally just eating one vegetable a day. Can Mm. I eat one more vegetable than I normally do a day? Or if I eat none, can I eat one? 
And then maybe can I walk one block, just one more block than I normally do. So I think if we start putting it in that um, perspective, a lot of times momentum, they, one of the studies I read is once you get started, which we know is the hardest part, but once you get started, we tend to go. And we know also is coaching. That's why I love being part of leadership. We can read about karate or Krav Maga and you and I can practice. It's not the same. It's not good. We're not going to learn from a grandmaster. We need to actually be in the action. So being around folks who actually are doing what you want to do, you know, learning from them. Cause honestly, I tell my patients, you can watch me. I'll, I'll kind of give you a life in the day of Tanya or Dr. Gold. And you can just literally see day to day what I do and what I've, my first focus honestly is health. Like I wake up and say, what am I eating today? I always think about my meal plans. Um, what I'm going to be activity wise, what am I going to do action wise? I'm always going to think about where I'm going to, and I always make it happen. Even if it's the end of the day, I didn't do anything that I planned. Can I do some sit-ups or push-ups or can I do some boxing now or kickboxing yeah. techniques? That's outstanding. Well, one, one thing I will uh, kind of say as a, cause I didn't even talk to you guys about it yet. Um, but, but Drew and I have had batted around this a little bit on this idea a few days ago. And so I'll say it officially now that I've already started planning the next crowd camp and it's going to be not really a crowd camp. It's going to be, this one's going to be a black belt leadership weekend. Mm. And uh, so in addition to the physical training, we're going to have everything that we've been talking about here. And I'm actually going to have you both as guest speakers oh, and you. Uh, you know, so that you, they can spend a morning where you can go over all the, the holistic health with them and, and everything you just spoke about. And, 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 and Dr. Drew would do that with his and, and, uh, and I'll do some black belt leadership training as well. And mm-hmm. we're going to do, and we're even going to do the, uh, Dr. Drew and I were talking about how we'll, we'll do the, uh, the rock, the, the rock climbing wall and the, mm. the um, ropes course that. and everything. It's going to be just an entirely, we have a, uh, that's all the details I'm going to give anybody about it right Yay. now. But I, the only I'm reason excited. I said it publicly was to invite you both as, as uh, co-contributors to, to what's going to be our best uh, experience yet. Okay. I think we'd both be honored. Yeah. I would be yeah. honored to do that. Thank you for thinking of us. Uh, yeah, thank you. Us. It means a lot to us. Oh, thank you, guys. I so mm-hmm. much appreciate you. I think that um, uh, that you guys are, number one, amazing students. They're going to be amazing black belts. But number two, the credibility that you already bring to the table from your other lives, uh, I think just is a testament uh, to the to the quality of people that we have here once again. I, I, I would agree. I would agree with, um, I think Dr. Dew's the one that said it, I think. Mean, there were, it's never been true before that there wasn't one person in my community that I didn't want to be around. <laughs> the, the truth is, there's always been somebody sitting on the bench complaining about something, but uh, until recent history. And I think maybe it's a testament to what you were talking about, Dr. Tanya, about the, uh, you know, you get more of what you focus on. And we focus so much on the positive and not the negative now that we don't have negative people. Like everybody is, is positive and growing awesome. and, 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 uh, you know, getting better together. And mm-hmm. I, and I'm so grateful to both of you for being a part of that mm-hmm. and for sharing with the audience today. Thank oh, you. honored. Thank you so much for, yeah. for having us. All right, guys. And I will see you. What is today? Wednesday. So we'll see you this afternoon. I'll yeah. You we're coming. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank I'm you. Bringing a friend too, just so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. We wanted okay. to always do this. Thank you, doctor and doctor. And, uh, and, 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 uh, be, uh, you guys will be getting your new ranks at the Blackwood Extravaganza this Yay. this Friday night, right? Uh, so, yeah. all right, guys, thank you again. Thank right. you so thank much. You. Thanks thank again you. for having us. Bye. That's a heart. <laughs>